This is Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood, certified financial planner and president of Smallwood Wealth Management. With more than 30 years of experience in helping people with wealth management, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John's here to share the news you can use to improve your financial confidence. Now, best-selling author and six-time five-star wealth manager award winner, John L. Smallwood. Hello, John Smallwood from Smallwood Wealth Management. Hope everybody's doing well today. I'm going to continue on the podcast. It seems that inflation has been making a lot of headlines recently, and it just feels like a lot of really weird information that's going on. So I kind of wanted to spend some time talking about the importance of understanding what really inflation is, what the concept of transitory inflation is, how it's going to impact us, how it could impact us, why it might impact us, and how do we defend against it as we build a wealth plan. And I think that's probably one of the most important parts of the long-term plan is mitigating the impact of inflation. Inflation is a silent tax. You don't see it. You don't smell it. You just feel it in your pocketbook. And you can define it as this. The cost of goods go up and I buy less goods for the amount of dollar that I have. You know, if the inflation number is 5% and let's say I have $100 worth of, you know, dollars this year, inflation is 5%, I have $95 of purchasing power next year. In order to keep pace with inflation, I need $105 just to stay even. So there's a couple of different misnomers out there, et cetera. You have headline CPI and you have core CPI. And core CPI is defined as the consumer price index, CPI, excluding food and energy. So <laughs> JP Morgan Guide to Markets printed as of 827-2021, the headline inflation for the month of July is 5.3%, and the core CPI is 4.2%. Food CPI is 3.4%, and energy is 23.6% inflation. Inflation, 23.6% inflation on energy prices, according to the CPI numbers. So this is really interesting. We are impacted by everything that we buy. You do exclude things. If you don't buy it, you're not impacted. If you're not buying energy, you're not impacted by the 23% inflation. If you're not buying food, you're not impacted by the 3.4%. Overall, this number, this 5.3% headline number is a big number. It's the biggest number we've seen in many, many years. We haven't seen it above you know, 5% probably Going back on the chart, looking at the chart, it's probably sometime in 08, 09 when you had the housing bubble and everything was heating up at that point. Uh, back in the early 80s, late 70s, we had both numbers approaching 13, 14, 15%. But you also had interest rates at 13, 14%. The 10 year treasury at that point was 15.81% in 1981. So this year you have a half a percent interest rate, the 10-year treasury is at 1.3, and you got headline CPI at over 5%. This number is going to trickle down and create cost of living adjustments for people that are disabled, collecting disability insurance. If they have a cost of living adjustment, that number is going to be factored into it. If you're receiving a pension that's adjusted for inflation, this number is going to affect it. If you're getting social security benefits, those are indexed by inflation. That's going to adjust it. But the real world is we as consumers 
are constantly getting beat down by this inflationary pressure. And over time, you know, $100,000 of purchasing power in today's dollars, 20 years at a 3% inflation, buys about $55,000 worth of goods. So that's that silent tax. And I want you to think about this for a second. 20 years ago, if I had $100,000 sitting in the bank, it was making probably 6 or 7% interest. And at that time, now I have this inflationary pressure that's driving the value of this $100,000 down to $55,000 at the 3% inflation. And then you're looking at the collapse of the interest rate. So not only do you have the, the impact of the inflation, this financial pressure, but you have the convergence of the collapse of the interest rates at the same time, which puts pressure on principal reduction. When we look at the headline or the core numbers, right, and you're looking at 50-year averages, it's almost 3.8, 3.9%, depending on which one that you're looking for, okay? So what it is that I wanna capture here is we have this significant bump above normal inflationary numbers for what we've been talking about for the last 20 years, right? So if I am doing this calculation and we're doing a retirement plan and we're doing distributions, and if inflation knocked the value of $100,000 over the 20 years down to the 55,000, 54,379, if it's 5%, that's down to 35,000. That's another $20,000 of purchasing power destroyed and dismantled during that time frame. In order to keep pace with inflation, that 100,000 would have to be 265,000 just to keep pace with inflation. So when you're building a retirement plan, how are you going to organize the assets in a manner that's going to keep pace with inflation? It has to do with the setup. It has to do with how you save money, where you save money, how you put the money to work, what types of financial tools you're going to use to implement your strategy, which ones are you going to have available, and how are you going to maximize the different a aspects. It's not a given that when you look at you know increases that inflation will be solved by the market portion of your portfolio going up. We're in this mode where we have interest rates at historic lows, you know, the 10 year treasury down to 1.35%. And you're seeing the conversation of distribution rates should be three, three and a half percent. So that means a million dollars produces 30 to $35,000 a year. And when you look at the underlying information and you look at the underlying tools that were used to come up with those theories, they're using the last 20, 25 years of interest rates, which has been a declining interest rate, which has really helped the 40% section of the bond portfolio in those analysis. And now we're at a, on the opposite end of that spectrum, we're looking at a rising interest rate. So I, as I back up here, I want to really think through this inflationary concept. Everybody that's listening to this podcast has a different inflation rate. We all buy different items. We all buy different goods. We live in different areas of the country, impacted by different things. Everybody has their own unique inflation rate. So you have to understand that. I have kids in college. I have kids in high school. I have, you know, kids that are growing, you know, all those things. My inflation rate is different than somebody that doesn't have kids, right? Because of just, just the nature of the things that I'm buying. Doesn't mean it's more, could be less. As I think about the retirement plan and I think about inflation, there's a misnomer that I hear frequently, which is inflation as I build a retirement plan, I have to have increasing income to keep pace with inflation so that I can replace the items and the things that are in my plan. And inflation 
has nothing to do with those items, right? So as we accumulate wealth and as we do things, we're going to see, you know, new things come out. You're going to have cell phone services that have to be added on. You're going to have stuff that's wearing out. You're having, you know, cars and dishwashers and all those things that are breaking down. That's not inflation. That's like stuff wearing out, called planned obsolescence, okay? So in the plan, all this stuff is constantly coming. We don't know what rate is coming out. We don't know when it's going to come. But we know that it is coming. And the longer I live, like when you start running the Monte Carlo simulations on a retirement plan and you're looking at somebody who's 60 years old and they, they could be retired for 40, 40 plus years. And you look at inflation at life expectancy, the cost of everything becomes almost unbelievable, but we don't know. I mean, it could be a faster rate. It could be a slower rate. The key in building a plan starts before retirement. If you're retired, it starts with how do I rethink what it is that I'm doing and how can I get better inflationary protection, right? It's having that available money to increase withdrawals when I need to without the fear of running out of money. But for those that are listening to this that are in the, on the accumulation side, it really comes down to in the book that I put out, It's Your Wealth, Keep It, which is available on johnlsmallwood.com or smallwoodwealth.com. You can follow the link to Amazon and purchase the book. You can request a copy also if you're listening to the podcast. I should be able to autograph one for you. But the idea is about savings rate, all right? And it comes back to chapter three, I dedicated to the whole mindset of the, of the savings rate. And if you take a person who's saving 5% versus a person who's saving 10% versus 15%, you have very different thinkers. And that is really the key. Person who makes $100,000 and saves 5% of their income versus a person who makes 100,000 and saves 15%, the difference is $10,000, right? So that means the 5% saver is spending $10,000 more on their plan and the 15% saver is putting away 10,000 more. The 15% saver, regardless of the interest rate, accumulates more money over time. The 5% saver never accumulates enough money. And it's that excess money that we need to be putting away because as I put the capital away, I know that the erosion, the financial pressure, the planned obsolescence, technological change, the, the market volatility, the inflation, the interest rate volatility, all those things are constantly beating down on the wealth. And it's those things that if I have more savings and more money going into the plan, my potential for accumulation goes up exponentially, okay? And my ability to fight higher inflation and fight medical expenses and the longevity risk and all those things becomes better because I have more financial tools in order to get this done. So there's a concept out there right now called transitory inflation. And, you know, as I talk to people, they seem to be very confused about that, right? What is transitory inflation? How does it impact me? And there's a belief out there, there's a conversation, a constant conversation that I'm hearing is that this inflation is temporary because of the supply and demand issues that we're having because of COVID. My gut says, once the prices are increased, it's very hard for prices to fall. I went to my favorite sandwich shop around the corner from the house over the weekend, and my favorite sandwich, number 26, is significantly higher priced than it was by about four bucks a sandwich than it was recently. So those prices are coming through. To ship a container from overseas, it costs somewhere two to three times. The fuel is up, as we know, 27% more which trickles down into the air. We have a chip shortage. Used cars are up. Housing is up. These things can fall, 
but there's a belief that all prices will fall when we go back to some sort of normalized economy. And I, I want people to understand that, that I don't necessarily believe that's going to happen. If it does, I'll, I'll gladly be wrong on it because being wrong on that is a good thing to be wrong on. But I would expect that this inflation that we're experiencing is actually going to be here for a while. That pressure on increasing interest rates or anything that's you know variable debt, meaning not fixed rate debt, credit cards, where the interest rates can change, you're going to start to see these interest rates rise. Now, I've been saying interest rates are going to rise for 13 years, and I've been wrong. Happy to be wrong on that. It's been very beneficial for many, many reasons, but at some point, it's going to change. As this inflation is here and prices stay high and interest rates go up, that's going to put pressure on multiple places in the economy. But more importantly, it's going to put pressure on your financial plan. So the money that you're earning getting out of the house will become harder and harder. Getting out of the food store will become harder and harder to get the same quantity of stuff. And it's having a plan that has multiple backups and multiple redundancies and things that are there that I can turn on to combat inflation if it's higher than I expect it to be or I can save more money because it's less than I think it's going to be, or I can protect more money during that time frame. These are things that you need to be thinking about now and understanding what in my budget has been dramatically impacted by inflation and what strategies can I put in place that can help overcome that. If you're retired, we need to look at all the budgets and see what are some of the tools and investment vehicles that we put together to increase income without increasing risk. Because the mindset and everything that I've been seeing is risk has been going up for so many people. And that is frightening to me. So I want to make sure that when we're developing a financial strategy, that we're focusing on reducing risk, reducing taxes, reducing fees and costs, increasing savings, increasing the withdrawal rate, putting more protection around that plan and passing more to your family. Those are the seven tenements or those are the seven things I want to make sure that we're always focusing on so that when we're making a financial decision, if it's increasing my taxes and it's increasing my risk and it's decreasing my savings rate and increasing my fees, it doesn't sound like the right decision point that I should be on. So on the website, we have a series of tools. You can request a free, no obligation, wealth curve conversation uh, with one of our advisors. You can download our 18 sources of retirement income. You know, if I have three sources of retirement income and something inflation impacts one of those in some sort of negative way or interest rate volatility or market volatility versus having 18 sources, there's more to go wrong, but less impact, right? 18 things to go wrong versus three things to go wrong. But when two go wrong in the plan, I got 16 others that should help offset it. That's the goal. Question is how many of these do you have? How many of these can you really have? And if you can have them now, what are you doing? What steps are you taking to put them into your plan? Always a great conversation. Look forward to hearing from you and talking to you. My best to everybody going through some of the difficult times that we're seeing out here in the world, weather events, political events, etc. So thank you. Good to talk to you. Till next time. It's your wealth. Keep it. The best-selling book by John L. Smallwood, the definitive guide to growing, protecting, enjoying, and passing on your wealth. Find it on Amazon now or go to smallwoodwealth.com for more retirement resources. 
Reserve Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited to, any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.